0: Welcome to Illinois in Focus, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about the impact non-citizens are having on Illinois taxpayers and the backlash from Chicago City residents. I'll then join the Center Square Executive Editor, Dan McCaleb, to further discuss the news. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, I'm Greg Bishop. Between the Consumer Price Index, inflation, and job reports, it feels like you need a PhD in economics to fully understand the economic news happening around us every day. That's why you need the Everyday Economics Podcast. Join hosts Chris Krug and economist Dr. Orfe Devungi as they help you understand the economic world happening around you every day. Listen to the Everyday Economics Podcast at americastalking.com or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. The Pritzker administration is set to pause subsidized health care benefits for non-citizens in Illinois ages 42 to 64. A state lawmaker says the ballooning costs will hit taxpayers one way or another. In 2020, Illinois enacted state taxpayer subsidies for the health care of non-citizens over the age of 65. The cost was estimated then to approach $2 million. Last year, the program is expanded to non-citizen adults over 42. After signing the budget, Governor J.B. Pritzker acknowledged the ballooning cost of an estimated $1 billion.
1: The com- continuing uh
0: uh, number of people who are signing up for that program uh, was rising at a very rapid rate, rap- more rapidly than people anticipated when the program was put in place. Friday, Pritzker's administration announced the 42 to 65 program will be suspended, saying per enrollee costs have tracked higher due to more prevalent untreated chronic conditions and higher hospital costs. State Senator Jason Plummer said, suspension or not, taxpayers will pay.
1: You know, the, the governor you know, is is trying to put out a fire of his making and he's not going to be able to put it out.
0: Pritzker said the budget that begins July 1 has 550 million dollars for the non-citizen health care programs. The city of Chicago heard from the community on Tuesday as many signed up to speak about different issues in the city including the influx of migrants. Andrew Hensel has more.
1: Over the past year Chicago has seen over 10,000 migrants arrive in the city from Texas and beyond. The influx has resulted in some of the migrants being moved to different communities in the city. Some Chicago residents feel that this is taking away resources from neighborhoods' lifelong residents. Jessica Jackson told the city council that she and others feel tricked.
0: In the words of Malcolm X, we've been hoodwinked, run-em-up, bamboozled by sitting here thinking that these black politicians are helping us.
1: Last month, the Chicago City Council appropriated $51 million for migrant services. The money comes from opioid and vaping settlement funds. However, it is only expected to last just a few months. More than 10,000 migrants have arrived in Chicago over the last nine months. I'm Andrew Hensel.
0: And those are the top stories of the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, I'll join the Center Square Executive Editor, Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, the production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Freedom, individualism, limited government. On these issues, conservatives and libertarians generally agree. But where do we disagree? Check out the Future of Freedom podcast for civil reasoned conversations about some of today's most pressing topics. It's not a debate. Our goal is to provide the best arguments from either side of an issue. Then you decide. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at America's dot com or wherever you find your podcasts.
1: And welcome to Illinois in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I am Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire service. Joining me today is Greg Bishop, our Illinois Capitol Bureau senior reporter and editor. Greg,
0: how are you? Well, it's uh, been a quiet week at the Capitol, but uh, still plenty of things for us to talk about here in Illinois.
1: First, we're recording this on a Thursday, June 22nd. And Greg, while Illinois is not a border state, and it, of course, is not anywhere near the southern U.S. border with Mexico, despite that, immigration has been in the news quite a bit this week. More specifically, what policies should the state and communities implement to address the growing number of non-U.S. citizens that are arriving here? The state has had to significantly scale back its program to provide health care to non-citizens because of skyrocketing costs. Residents of the city of Chicago spoke out at a city council meeting this week about the amount of taxpayer funds and resources being devoted to helping these non-citizens when they feel underserved themselves. And separately, legislation that's on Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk would allow non-citizens to become police officers with the power to arrest citizens. Greg, why don't we start with the health care issue? What's going on here?
0: So this was a uh, hot issue as they were crafting the state budget that begins July 1st. And the big question was, how much is that really going to cost? That's the uh, taxpayer subsidies for undocumented migrant health care. And uh, this is something that goes back all the way to 2020, when Illinois implemented uh, taxpayer subsidies for migrant health care. And it was only for those who were 65 and older. Now, back then, the sponsor of that idea that ultimately did be become law, uh, in 2020 said that it's only going to be for about 900 people. And they estimated the costs to be close to 2 million with an M. And then in 2022, they expanded that program to those who are 42 and older, uh, so that, uh, you can imagine, uh, expanded the, uh, the, the costs for taxpayers quite a bit. Uh, and one thing to note is these are state tax dollars. There are no federal matching tax dollars for this. Uh, so you've got, uh, this this growing uh, cost to the taxpayers of Illinois uh, to cover the uh, the migrants' health care. So in 2020, they uh, approved 65 and up. In 2022, they approved uh, 42 and up. And then uh, earlier this year, uh, a audit was released with projections for what the program could cost taxpayers for the coming fiscal year that starts July 1st. And that was estimated to be more than a billion dollars. And that's led to a lot of Republicans saying this. This is going to break the budget. There's no way this can be uh, implemented. And uh, if it continues on this way with the ballooning costs, then uh, it's going to cause a lot of problems down the line. And again, going from you know initially in 2020, an estimated cost of nearly $2 million with an M to ballooning to an estimated cost of $1.1 billion with a B in just the span of a few years, that shows just how uh, dramatically this has indeed ballooned. So while they were negotiating the budget, uh, they discussed uh, with the governor's office how they could possibly control some of these costs early in those negotiations. The governor shared with the public that some of the cost controls could be, for instance, things like co-pays or uh, a variety of different types of measures they could implement to try to uh, bring about some of those cost controls. Well, uh, late last week, uh, the Pritzker administration announced those cost controls and uh, what he ultimately is doing within his administration. Administration, after having been given the tools by the legislature to control these costs, he essentially froze the program for those who are 42 to 65. So starting July 1st, no more new uh, applicants for the uh, 42 to 65 cohorts. Uh, That's going to be frozen. Uh, And that's going to cut the costs dramatically from the $1.1 billion estimate to what the governor says is in the budget cap of only $550 million. So still hundreds of millions of dollars, this is going to cost taxpayers, uh, but these cost controls being put into place by the Pritzker administration, uh, the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules will have to take up these rules and uh, get them all in place uh, and uh, either let them stand or block those rules. Uh, But that's uh, a a pretty big shift from uh, what was expected. And there's even been some pushback from the uh, migrant community Uh, up in Chicago this week. They held a what they call a die in where about 100 protesters uh, laid down uh, and and protested uh, and uh, talked about the importance of this. But you have others like State Senator Jason Plummer saying uh, this efforts from the governor uh, is merely him trying to put out a fire that he created. Uh, And that uh, regardless if the program is cut in half as the Pritzker administration is looking to do starting July 1st, those costs are going to be picked up by hospitals and then eventually picked up by taxpayers who ultimately are footing the bill for all of this. So uh, Jason Plummer uh, says uh, these cost control measures aren't really going to be cost controls and taxpayers are ultimately going to be footing the bill.
1: Separately, Greg, in Chicago, there's been an uh, issue with these non-citizens, these the border people who cross the border in Texas. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott last year began a plan to bus some of the millions of folks who illegally crossed the border into Texas up to so-called sanctuary cities, including Washington, D.C., New York City, and then Chicago. Because of this, tens of thousands of new migrants have arrived in the city of Chicago. And the mayor there, then then Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker, have been discussing ways, essentially, how to serve uh, this migrant population and tens of millions of dollars have been spent there. Well, this week at a city council meeting, a number of city residents, who are citizens who have lived in their communities, in their neighborhoods for decades, even generations of family members there, they showed up protesting the amount of money and resources that are being spent to provide services uh, to these migrants, saying they've been underserved for all this time. Why aren't more resources going to help them? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: So a couple of weeks ago, if you recall, the city of Chicago uh, held a pretty raucous uh, council meeting where they approved $51 million from an opioid settlement fund to go towards uh, the next round of helping house migrants that are being uh, transported to Chicago. Uh, there have been more than 10,000 sent to Chicago from the southern U.S. border uh, just in the past uh, nine months. And uh, we've seen those stories time and again. Uh, you've got migrants that are uh, being housed in police stations, uh, city officials trying to wrangle as to, can they put them in a YMCA? Can they put them in a gymnasium of a school? Can they put them here? Can they put them there? Uh, and there's been a lot of pushback. And during that, com- uh, that council meeting where they passed the $51 million, uh, there was a, a lot of uh, older people that were uh, sharing their concerns from both sides well now it was the citizens turn this week where the opening of the meeting had public comments and there were multiple residents uh, saying that the black communities being left behind uh, they're not uh, getting the same types of treatments though they've been here uh, they want more resources for their communities they want to be treated uh, uh, you know with with priority rather than uh, you know the priority going to migrants, And uh, a lot of uh, passion poured out. Uh, And even one resident uh, vocally uh, screaming that uh, these migrants get everything from housing to food stamps to education to health care. He rattled off all of those things essentially saying it's not fair for those residents in these hard hit communities to go without others uh, pointed to the Democrats on the city council and said that they're leading people astray uh, and uh, characterizing them as uh, being hoodwinked and, uh, and, and, and lied to and manipulated. Uh, so seeing that uh, uh, display on the Chicago city council floor with citizens addressing the, uh, the council, uh d- it was uh, rather uh, fascinating to, to hear from the uh, the community after these policies have been in place for, for months uh, and uh, the uncertainty moving forward as to how all this is going to be paid for and what resources this is ultimately going to be taking away from. In the city of Chicago. So I don't think we've heard the last of this. Uh, Mayor uh, Johnson uh, said that uh, he's he's working with all different types of agencies. Uh, But a big question here is, you know, this is a a federal issue and something that uh, is leading a a lot of individuals, even uh, Chicago City Council members to demand that the Biden administration do something about the southern U.S. border uh, because uh, they don't see that anything's happening and it's just making the problem worse for cities like Chicago, who have declared themselves as sanctuary cities.
1: Greg, I just I want to clarify something I said uh, earlier. I mentioned Greg Abbott, the Republican governor of Texas, has been shif- shipping, illegal border crossers to sanctuary cities such as Chicago. But it's not just Abbott, the Democratic mayor of El Paso, which has been overrun and probably the largest city uh, in Texas that has had to deal with just a massive influx of these border crossers. Uh, she also has uh, bused some of these people to Chicago and other cities across the U.S. The US. So it's not just Governor Abbott, the Democratic mayor of El Paso has also been doing that. Kind of a different subject, uh, Greg, but it also involves non-U.S. citizens. A bill on the governor's desk would allow non-citizens to become police officers in Illinois. I I assume we expect Governor Pritzker to sign this legislation, but what's it about?
0: In House Bill 3751, it would allow for non-U.S. citizens to become police officers in Illinois. And not just any non-citizen, this would be targeted just for those uh, who are part of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, also known as DACA. People also call them the quote dreamers uh, and those are young people who were brought across the border by their parents and they've been in the uh, country for years so uh, the 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 city of chicago police union uh, brought this idea forward supported the idea to allow for uh, these DACA recipients to to apply to be law enforcement. Uh, and the sponsor of the bill, uh, Mary Edley Allen, she said that uh, already DACA recipients serve in a variety of different capacities. They teach in classrooms, they serve as healthcare workers, even some serving in the military. And she said that this is just a natural progression uh, to allow those same individuals uh, to serve in a law enforcement capacity. But this is uh, something that uh, drew some some pretty spirited debates when it passed, and. You you had Republicans opposing this. In particular, uh, State Senator Chapin Rose said it's, uh, uh, it's a, a fundamental breach of democracy. Uh, he said that uh, it hands over the power to arrest and detain a citizen of this or any state to a non-citizen, and he said it's antithetical to the police power of any state. He also had others uh, pushing back, saying it really uh, shows the uh, uh, the lack of priorities. But again, when you have the uh, problems that uh, Chicago police may be having with recruitment, maybe they saw this yeah. as a uh, possible fix. Uh, but it still begs the question as why they're having a problem recruiting police in Chicago. Is it other types of policies? Uh, but this would uh, this would ultimately allow for those doctor. Recipients to apply. And uh, if the governor signs this measure, which was sent to him last week, it would take effect January 1st. So we'll be watching that space very closely. Dan, I know you didn't have it on your plan here, but another measure that uh, impacts non citizens in Illinois uh, that we also reported on this week. Deals with the temporary visitor driver's license and uh, the measure it has yet to be sent to the governor, but it's queued up for the governor. Uh, I would uh, essentially change the temporary visitor driver's license that the states had for a decade, allowing for non-citizens to get a driver's license as long as they meet certain criteria like taking driver's tests and having insurance and a, a variety of other things. Uh, but the temporary visitor driver's license had written on the top of it, this is not a form of identification. While the measure that the Illinois Secretary of State, Alexei Janoulias, uh championed and got through the legislature would remove that language and instead replace it with federal rules apply." But what's interesting here is it would essentially get rid of the temporary visitor driver's license entirely and make the uh the the non-citizen driver's license or id card the same as the standard id card or driver's license that citizens can get in the state of Illinois uh, and to note these are different than the real id compliant licenses or ID cards that the state of Illinois issues. Real ID, it's a federal ID standard that uh, has yet to be fully implemented, but it's expected to be fully implemented in May of 2025. Uh, so this wouldn't uh, be part of that program. Uh, however, for the standard ID or the standard driver's license, uh, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between a citizen's driver's license or a non-citizen's driver's license. Uh, uh, and this also uh, found some pushback from Republicans saying that uh, this is uh, antithetical to federal law uh, because the federal government's the one that manages uh, the the issues of immigration. And border security, but Democrats, they said that this was important because it uh, is a stigma for these non-citizens. If they get pulled over and it says this is not an ID and that could trigger other actions or they are not able to show their ID to, you know, pick up a prescription or a variety of other things. So uh, just yet another instance of uh, the issue of non-citizens in Illinois making several headlines this week.
1: The reason I didn't have it on my planner for this discussion today was I have to visit the Secretary of State's local driver services office on a Saturday to get a new driver's license. And every time I think about that, I break out in hives. I can't sleep at night. I <laughs> hate going to the local driver's services office. It takes uh, hours upon hours out of your day. There's no
0: question about it.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on, Greg. It is now officially summer. And one of the things that, that we report on at the squarecom it seems like year in and year out is the growing amount of violence Particularly gun violence that happens in the city. Also, at the city council meeting uh, this week, a number of residents uh, showed up complaining. About the increased violence, of course, uh, over Father's Day weekend, you had dozens of shootings, um, a number of gun-related uh, deaths. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, and it's been uh, uh, seemingly every weekend where it's been uh, you know countless numbers of people being shot uh, and uh, you know, uh, ten people being killed one weekend, eleven being killed another weekend. It's not just in Chicago. You had a uh, a mass shooting event that happened in the early morning hours. Sunday, uh, just before Juneteenth in the uh, suburb of Willowbrook. Uh, and that also made a lot of headlines. Uh, and, and people are they're upset uh, that they feel not enough attention is being given to addressing the root cause, not enough is being done to uh, allow for proper policing and enforcement. And uh, some of the comments, uh, while the city council in Chicago heard about uh, the, the, the concerns over migrants there were also concerns about the crime uh, and even some suggestions of uh, some of the residents saying that uh, more jobs programs uh, and more economic activity uh, needs to be uh, present in order to take the guns out of kids' hands and replace them with hammers and tools and construction equipment. Uh, and uh, the, the mayor, uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson, uh, seems to just... Uh, reflect on this saying that he's inherited this problem and that he's working in a multi uh, you know, uh, faceted approach to uh, focus on targeted communities and get investment into these communities uh, but we really haven't heard too much about where we're at with enforcement. It's one thing to have police on the streets. It's another thing to have a state's attorney that will actually uh, go after some of these individuals who are uh, allegedly comm- committing these crimes. Uh, so it's, a, it's a, a difficult conversation, and I don't know if even the police department in Chicago uh, understands how to fully get their hands around the problem, because you had some police statements this week indicating that they're concerned, uh, that uh, they, they they do need to do a better job. Uh, but as the uh, summer months continue and as pop-up block parties may be uh, happening uh, across the city or even in neighboring communities, it's a, it's a growing concern uh, that uh, you can imagine not only impacts the the, the safety and, and, and well-being of residents, but it's also impacting tourism quite a bit. And uh, keep in mind, Dan, in just about a week's time or so, uh, you're going to have a NASCAR race going through downtown Chicago. Just
1: want to touch briefly on this. The one thing you mentioned there, gun violence has been a problem in Chicago for as long as I can remember anyway, and it just seems to be getting worse. But this, this relatively new phenomenon, these pop-up block parties, generally used teenagers, using social media, decide up they're going to have a a, a pop-up block party and they just take over the streets, shut down city streets. And in some instances, there has been violence associated. You mentioned tourists are also affected. An elderly couple that was visiting Chicago from out of state got beaten during one of these pop-up Block parties. I think it was about a month or uh, maybe it was two months ago. That's got to affect tourism there too. So I mean, somebody has to get a handle on this. If police don't know how to handle it, if if the if, you know if, if the, the the mayor's policies, not just the current mayor, he is right. He's only been in office for about uh, two months. He inherited um, this problem, but at some point, you just can't keep letting it go.
0: It's not just happening in Chicago. You've got pop up block parties that are happening all across the state. Even here in Springfield, uh, there are uh, regular instances of parks being taken over in the middle of the night, right in a residential area, causing all kinds of uh, loud noise and fights. And it seems to be that uh, a lot of this driven by social media where, uh, you know, one person may say, hey, we're going to meet here and then all kinds of young people from across the area, not just from Springfield, but even from as far away as Decatur. So I imagine the same thing is happening up in the Chicago area where they may pinpoint, let's go to this location and then they uh, they all uh, amass there. And uh, when you have that large uh, number of people at an unsanctioned events, you can see that uh, things can quickly get out of hand.
1: We had a third topic that we plan to talk about, but we went so long on these other topics that we are out of time. Our listeners can keep up with all of these stories and more at thecentersquare.com. or Greg Bishop, I'm Dan McCaleb. Thank you for listening.